Welcome to the It's Possible podcast, where we tackle topics between life, business, and everything in between, and how we make it all possible with your hosts, John and Amy. Let's take it away. All right. So the third installment, we promise, for the time being, of talking about homeschooling. Yes. So us transitioning into homeschooling, we've been doing what? a lot of the, the, the discussion around kind of us prepping and planning to do homeschool stuff. Yeah, but it's just, I don't want to apologize for it because I think, you know, it warrants an explanation that's more than just a vague response. Like for me, it was... We, there's a lot of like we're thinking about homeschooling and then like, like I said the one episode like you blatantly asked me like why don't we and I felt pinned in a corner and I'm like because I'm weak and I can't because because I'm pathetic yes yes um but circumstances which we have explained in previous episodes specifically with Jack having some struggles at school um Right, and so now have, have now warranted to where we have made the jump, and now you want to dive into the hypothetical specifics. Yeah, so it's like we've kind of discussed leading up to homeschooling, why we're choosing homeschooling, and now this is what I kind of wanted to get into last time, which you didn't, which is more like kind of a real time back and forth with you and I of like how how does this work? Yeah, because for anybody that's like me. It's, well, yeah, that sounds good, but it's the othering. It's because we learn about this with Catherine's thing, right? Of like when you're going through like the excuses of the client where it's like, well, yeah, that works for them, but sure, it could never work for me. So it's like you have to debunk any of the myths that would exist. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not advocating for people to homeschool. I think it's a very personalized decision. But for anybody that's like, oh, well, for the Fairbanks, like, of course they can do it. It's no, 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 no. Like, please understand that. In no way was it, is this straightforward. Yeah. And, and, and is a, just an easy decision. It can become easy. And for sure, Jack's circumstances were pushing us toward like, oh, we have to do something because the poor kid is just dying. But so how is this, how is this going to work? is is the question so because for me again last time that we homeschooled was in florida right where like we spent a thousand dollars and ordered a crazy amount of curriculum because i was so excited to do all the things but i pretty much mimicked exactly what a classroom setting was going to be and it was terrible so and this time it frightens me so again this time around we are trying our, our plan a is to go through VAVA, which is Virginia Virtual Academy, or yep. Virtual Virginia Academy, in which case, um, for Jack and Henry, it is a it is public school that's online, which sounds like, ew, because, and I'm sure that puts a bad taste in people's mouth because of the virtual school that everyone had to deal with this last year. Sure. Um, but these folks have been doing it way before COVID, because well, it it's a, K-12. A, yeah, so K-12 is the, is the company. And like you said, it's been around and it's nationwide. So lots of different states now have their own particular branches, but Mm -hmm. it falls under that K-12 umbrella. So they've been doing the virtual schooling for public school kids way Mm -hmm. 
before virtual kind of became so well known. Yes. And so with the boys is um it will obviously be structured different because Jack will be going into fourth grade, Henry will be going into first grade. Um and it is a preset curriculum, but us as parents, me specifically, would be deemed as what's called a learning coach, which is that the curriculum is there and every day, like we have to log in, like we have to do, which for a lot of homeschool families is like, no, like it's a no, no. Cause I have to log in every day. We have to like mark attendance. Yep. There's kind of a set schedule in terms of like when there's holidays and when you get off in the summer and all the things like that. Um, you also have a t- uh, an actual instructor. You do. So that's the thing is like Jack and Henry will both have a quote unquote teacher, but the teacher and they will have what's called class connects every day, which are live set instruction. Mm -hmm. Um, Henry's I think maybe is 30 minutes. I think Jack has one to two. And this is live instruction. Yeah. And this is about an hour long, but with these teachers, like the, the thing which is groovy to me, but is also intimidating is the fact that it's the teachers that are there and they do, they interact with the kids and they are there to teach, mm-hmm. but more or less it's on me to help Jack and Henry understand the curriculum that has been set forth. Yeah. It's like they, they like introduce the topic. Right. And they have group discussion and they interact with the kids, but then it's like, okay, now learning coach. Now it's one-on-one time. Got it. As opposed to a single teacher standing up in front of a class of 25 kids. And it's, this is how we do multiplication. Everybody got it? Okay, here's a worksheet. We're moving on in seven days. Like well, it's- it kind of is that, right? So in the one thing is that is certainly, that was very similar to my experience in public school as a public school student of certainly, we'll say on math. Right. Geometry class. I remember sitting in geometry. Teacher comes up. He explains, right, whatever the triangle is, explains the formula. And it's kind of like, great, everyone's got it. And you may be asked a question. But it always, everyone always gets it when the teacher does all the steps. So you watch the person get it. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, I got it. And now you got to go do it yourself. That sounds like it's going to be the equivalent for this. But the massive glaring difference, of course, is that our student gets a one-on-one instructor to then be with them every step after that. Yeah, so they have the teacher that's more or less going to introduce the topic and do it in a group setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the learning coach takes them and makes sure that they understand. So it is a lot more mastery-based. Yeah. um, Which is that they have to learn that before they can progress to the next thing. And you have somebody that's there, like, checking with them. Yes, but the timelines are not nearly as... Um, tight as they are in traditional public school, which again is anybody that's had kinder, first, second graders in public school, it's kind of the same ABCs, one, two, threes, those first couple years because there's such a discrepancy. I mean, you have kids that are four years old that are coming into kindergarten that can like read full books. Right. And then you have six year olds that are still like peeing their pants and can't count to 10. 
Yeah. So and 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 but it's like okay, you're all kindergarten. So yeah. it takes a couple years, and that's why about which we had discussed in a previous episode, which is like the whole early about literacy. Yeah, it's about third grade. Everyone kind of levels out, but then once third grade is hit, once third grade hits, it's like holy crap, gets yeah, cooking because it's just there's not enough time for anything, I- anything, and they just start learning all the things. So it's crazy, um, but it's. Again, topic will be introduced by the teacher, and then I will take that topic and work specifically with Jack and Henry until they get it. The one nice thing um, is it, I have friends that are in it, but, you know, I, I've tried to – what's hard is when you research it, there's not a lot of information out there. Like, there's information about K-12, yeah, but to get specific, like, Virginia virtual information, it's almost like it's hidden – like, there's not a lot of resources. And then when you call and ask questions, you are getting someone from K-12. And each state, like, K-12 is the company that runs it. But then each state has their own essential school for it that has, like, their state-specific standards. So what you're saying is is that there's a lot of room and opportunity for us to be able to create content and become the go-to Vava, like yes, but channel. I don't like. I don't know if it's hidden on purpose. It seems to be that yeah. way, where it's like they want you to enroll because you like you'd ask questions. Yeah, and most of the time, first of all, like the first couple times that we called K twelve, they were bitches. They were not nice people on the phone. Well, yeah, because <laughs> you can tell it's a call center. It's K twelve, so it's they're managing. I, I don't believe that there's fifty different state versions of this. But assume that there is, right? Whatever it is, those, that call center, those folks are managing specific details across every one of the states that are possible. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they were super cunty. They were, but then we had a guy that was like outstandingly, yeah, like informative. Mm -hmm. His name was Danny. Danny. Way off. Whatever. But like, he, he was great. So it was, you were a complete, like, lack of control and who you got on the phone. Yeah. But when you would ask specific questions, it's like that all they want you to do is like, I don't know, like you have to apply because you have to apply mm-hmm. and there's a ridiculous amount of things you have to submit. Yeah. And so like we submitted cause like open enrollment was in February. So we applied for Jack and Henry, but like we won't even know, like they've already accepted Henry, mm-hmm. but because of Jack needing to take SOLs this year, like we won't find out until June if he gets in. Right. Because it's like state tests and he has to have like an academic review, like all these things. Yep. So it is, mu- it is more difficult to get into than traditional public school. Well, um, public school, there is no. Right. It's that you entrance. have to. Right. But there are things you have to submit like for your kid, like that's regular anywhere. But this sure. is, this is. There is no denying you if you are districted to a public school. No. Here, they... They can deny you. They Based deny. Based off academics. And they do it a lot, I guess. Yeah, it sounds like. Um, but I do have fr- a friend that is in it, and so I get a lot of my information from her. Um, but it's... Yeah, like, they want you to apply, and then once you apply and get accepted, then, like, you get access to a lot more materials and, like, information specifically about Virginia Virtual. Yeah. Um. So there will be discrepancies here and there. And my friend says she likes it. I don't know if it's like a resounding, this is so wonderful. Um, I don't know for her or my friend specifically if she has a basis for comparison. Sure. Um, she for sure 
like in 2020 put her kids in Virginia virtual. I don't know because her oldest son, I think is, is, is about Jack's age. So he was maybe in first grade. Um, when, if he even went to public school, I'm, I'm not sure, but it's, yeah. so I don't know if she has much of a basis for comparison. Um, if you do read reviews online, there are terrible reviews and then there are, are outstanding reviews. The fact is, is that really what you're talking about in my opinion or what I'm hearing is you're going to have like reviews or frustrations when it comes to maybe communication, how the portal works that they have of how they try and house everything that's virtual. There's going to be certain aspects that they're going to be really good at because they've been doing it for so long. And the fact is, is that if you take even the worst state in the union, take their curriculum Mm -hmm. that they're going to teach. If you have the ability to teach that curriculum in a one-on-one setting to a child, it would be infinitely better. Yes. And it's going to be good. At yes. the end of the day, like the fact is, is that kids just require you, especially at the younger ages, to just give them attention, mm-hmm. to give them support and identify the areas that they're weak in and then help support those areas. And that's that's what I like, which yeah. is for me, the, my kids have always done okay. Like if you look in, these, in the parent-teacher conferences, which most parents don't do anyway, like we're engaged even going to them. And whether it's Michael, Jack, or Henry, we sit down. It's just like they just look. They're like, uh, well, they got a, a 92% and uh, they look their uh, The PALS testing was here. So like they're fine. Yeah. And our questions are always like, I don't care about grades. I don't care about statistics. I care about the intangibles. Mm-hmm. How is my child doing in the classroom? How, how is his behavior? How is his engagement and participation? Like, those are the things that we care about. And yeah. you can tell, like, it's like, uh, they're fine. Like, it throws them for a loop. Sure. Because they're not actually interested in dialogue. No, they're checking a box. But for me, yes. But for me, the disassociation that I have with what my kids are learning is a problem. Yeah. So when we do, when they do the parent-teacher conferences or when we see the report cards and it's like, oh, well, because Jack has always been above reading level and above grade level for math and granted there's COVID and there are problems and for sure he's behind but now it's like oh you know the uh reading comprehension isn't like he's great like he's like oh, he's on reading level it's like well, whoa 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 he's always been above uh reading level yeah so like when was this a problem and how do i know because like i will it's not like we are disassociated from our kids ask our kids okay how was school what'd you learn i don't know yeah, it was great. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I don't know. It's fine. But there's no specifics. No. We never get specifics. Right. So it bothers me immensely that I am disassociated with what they are learning. Right. Because every Friday when Michael has his science quiz, we go over the stuff. So I know that he's learning about water cycles and he's learning about the ecology and the biology of what marshes and bogs and swamps you can only say that for science but for science that's it yeah because that's the only one i know he has a quiz every week so we go over and we study it. and the teacher gives him a study guide and the teacher gives him a study guide so i can follow what's happening yeah but for everything else Uh, well and like and i understand for teachers when especially at michael's age where it's like you're trying to give them the independence Mm -hmm. you're trying to teach them where it's like this is your work right but for me as a mom, I don't want to be a helicopter parent, for sure, where it's like I need to know every little thing about what you're doing. But I do like to know 
Michael's reading the book Holes or he's reading The Watsons Go to Birmingham. So like I check out the book from the library and I read it too so I can have conversation with him because I know that he struggles with reading comprehension because of his dyslexia. Yes. So it's like, well, Mike, what part are you at in Watsons Go to Birmingham? Like, where are you at? And he'd be, and he would say things and then I would retort of like, okay, well, what about this character? What have you learned? Yeah. To try to give him some element of like, the extra, the extra, the help. extra help that I know he needs. But for the littles, like what was so crazy is coming from the private school in Florida, they gave way too much homework. Yeah. Like an obscene, like an unhealthy amount. Like Michael in kindergarten was having three hours of homework at night. Yeah. It was something. So he was falling asleep at the table. And then we came up here and Jack being in preschool had a little bit of homework and Michael had homework. Right. But then it's like, as the years have gone on, and then for sure once COVID hit, it was like, oh, screw it. Like, there's no homework for anybody ever. Yeah. And it's crazy to me. Well, a homework is stupid. It is, but it's, there's no ability. It's like, well, it was in the newsletter, like, what we're learning. It's, you gave me a topic area. Yeah. Yeah. World War Two. Yeah. Which, like, <laughs> okay. yeah, what, what's, and, that, and for sure we don't even get that. That's middle school. You get nothing in middle school. Yeah. But for Jack, it's like math. Comparing and contrasting. It's like, yeah, well, yeah. what are you comparing and contrasting? I don't know. And that's difficult for me. I know for most parents, they probably don't care. But I'm type A. I'm organized. I want to be on top of it. And I want to give my kids a fighting chance. So the fact that I don't know what they're learning bothers me immensely. Sure. And it's not for like a, well, I want to know what you're learning to see if this is appropriate or not. No, and whether or not you're going to get engaged with the teacher either. Yes. It solely is one of those things where it's the fact is, lady, you have, or man, you have way too many students inside your class. Yeah. You're not going to be able to provide anything other than a brief overview and then some worksheets. So the fact is, is that if at least I know, then I can do what you're actually going to end up doing for the virtual schooling anyway, which is like being a learning coach, being supportive. And being able to reinforce some of these topic areas that, bitch, you don't have the time to do in class. Yeah. Because that's what, again, I should have objectively looked at Jack's experience with the virtual through Waynesboro Public Schools. And I should have looked at it in a different way than just, oh my gosh, he's way too comfortable. He's going to be a hermit at my basement forever. Which right. he may. Anyway. But, like, I should have looked at it as he is doing well. Why is he doing well? Yeah. And the reason he was doing well, I mean, the bar was super low. Like, just showing up meant, like, you were winning mm-hmm. for that year and a half. Sure. But he was doing so well because I was sitting there with him. Yeah. So, it was, Jack, we're learning about informational texts. We're learning about the Plains Indians. So, we got to do the stuff, and then I got to engage with him. As opposed to him just doing the damn worksheet at school and being completely unaware of what he just read or did or anything. Mm-hmm. You can only imagine. It's, yes. What his, what his existence was. At, and, and is at school. Yeah, when just, it's like, all right, Jazz, like if there was more than maybe maximum like a two-step set of instructions that were given by a teacher, like at the beginning and then it's like, all right, you guys are going to do this. And then when you finish with that, you're going to go ahead and do this. And then you can go ahead and work on this thing. 
Like, you lost him I couldn't, first sentence. Absolutely. Like, I couldn't imagine. It would be like, all right, ready, break. Everyone's done. Teacher goes and sits down. And I can just, uh, I can see Jack in my mind just sitting. And kind of looking to his left and to his right. And kind of looking and be like, what is everyone doing? <laughs> <laughs> what is everyone doing right he, now? God, he's special, man. Mm-hmm. He's something. But it's just, even, like, he was out all week this week. This is the first time where he's been out for, like, a week. Yeah. Because there was a bug from hell. He had a nasty, horrific tummy bug from hell. So he was out of school for an entire week. Mm -hmm. So finally, by Thursday, the teacher had, like, worksheets for him, as opposed to doing the online stuff, which we did. But, like, having him do the worksheets, it's like, he'll, like, write the J for his name, and then, like, puts his pencil down. Like, he's like, Jack, write your damn name. Why are you putting your pencil down? But for him, it's just like, I hate everything that what this is. And he doesn't do it on purpose to, like, fight me and create problems. No, it's, it's his just... brain is so far removed. Yeah. That it's just, and it's that's just with me. Honesty. Right. But that's with me, like, slapping him upside the head. I was like, Jack, pay attention. It's like, oh, okay. Because I, I just, I can't imagine how horrific it is. But anyway. I hated being, and I have hated being disassociated with what they're learning. Yeah. Not being engaged where I can, because for them, for teachers, I was like, oh, he's doing okay. It's like, okay is not good enough for me. Yeah. I don't want it to be good enough for my boys. Yeah, we'd like some more descriptors, please. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It can't just be, well, you need a 70% to pass. Yeah. And he is a 70.2%, so we're fine. Like, it, it's mm-hmm. like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm not expecting perfection by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I do need, like, Something. there's always can be room for improvement. And yeah. there can always be more. So if we're learning about a topic area, let's actually learn about it. And that's, and, and so definitely one of the major improvements of what we anticipate moving into VAVA and moving into a homeschooling-esque environment is that this particular issue is going to get solved. The one thing that's nice about the the VAVA piece is that it's homeschooling light. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of this this um, kind of toe-in-the-water, transitionary type thing because then we don't have to be fully responsible for a full curriculum. We don't have to be responsible for... End-of-year evaluation. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of those steps where it's then... And, and you honestly continue to... You continue to have access to different pieces and different aspects of still being like you're still a public school student. Yeah, the benefits of public school. So first yeah. of all, it's going to be recorded by the state. So like I said, if you are homeschooling, you are completely removing your child from the school system in the state of Virginia. You have to show proof of progress. And I can't remember specifically, but it's like you need to be evaluated. So mm-hmm. like in Florida, we had a portfolio and I had to show proof of progress. But I don't think you needed to be evaluated. Here you do. Now, luckily, you hold a master's degree in education, technically. um, But it needs to be evaluated by, like, a state certified teacher or by – like, there's a lot of boxes you have to check. Yeah. And a lot of parents still have their child do some form of state testing. Usually, it's California state-based testing because they are the best. Um. But it's to kind of give a marker of of where the child is at because we are technically – enrolled in a public school right all of this gets recorded by the state everything is handled just the way that it would be if you handled put your kid in in regular public school so it makes it easy because the biggest thing as you kind of pointed out earlier is that this isn't an easy transition 
for our family because of how busy we are. Yes. So the one thing that isn't fully appreciated, one, it's nobody knows what anyone else's circumstances are. Mm -hmm. And we all know that, that most families are very busy, right? Everyone's busy doing something. It is hard pressed to find though how or fully appreciate how busy that we are on a given basis by by our own doing. But because it's we are hustling where I still have a nine to five that I do. And you're the co owner of two businesses. Yeah, co owner and, and with you, right? And so you're co owner of one of those with me. And then you're co owner of another business. Mm-hmm. Gym hacking. Yeah, so. I have the two. And then I, we, you know, I also coach. You do dental hygiene work still on the side, and then we, so we also have three boys in baseball. Three boys, and you're taking care of the house. And so with all of those pieces that we're navigating, and dogs that's, and cats and chickens, and and then the farm stuff too that we really <laughs> love to do, and would like to be able to have that grow. All of those pieces always made it to where whenever we were talking about it in the past of moving to a homeschooling situation it was always kind of like you can't do this by yourself you like mom amy can't do this on her own i, I could it's my that. own limiting beliefs it, but it doesn't matter yeah. it's it's you're not right now with the the skills and the confidence and everything else that you have you're equipped with at the moment you can do it on your own and so i always knew it was it would require me to be involved and it's kind of one of those things where you just tolerate problems or issues or you kind of just, you know, you turn a blind eye to things where it's like, yeah, it's a problem, but like it's kind of has like it has to be worth it. Mm-hmm. And that is definitely as, you know, like you pointed out episodes ago where I was just like, well, then why don't you like why, why don't we then homeschool? If it really is at this point, why aren't we doing something about it? Mm-hmm. And that. From then on, and since we have seen those issues and have been talking to Jack, and as we have been really documenting them over these last six months, is making changes mentally that it's we are going to work to a point to where I'm going to have to adjust like my schedule Mm -hmm. to make myself available, you know, in the morning time, Mm -hmm. you know, allow us to be available in the morning so that we can co-teach together. And if we didn't have to go all in on the homeschooling and still had a little bit of administrative support Mm -hmm. from the state, if possible, then that's kind of, that's the direction. That's why we chose that. So we get that support. And then, then now we are now just having to navigate freeing up our time. Yes. And so things will for sure have to adjust. I'm going to be the main proponent of the homeschool but because of the fact that I'm going to have, so Michael's still going to go to public as of now. Um, so he will be gone and then Jack and Henry will be home and I will have to, we won't get to school for them. We'll start August 11th. And this is if Jack gets in, like right. this is plan A. We have a whole nother plan B, but plan A is that if Jack gets in school starts August 11th. So I will have to figure out their schedules of what they will look like with their live classes during the day. Sure. And then once we're done with live classes, I will have to coordinate time to sit down with each of them and work on the work Mm -hmm. and figure out when I'm working with one, what is the other one doing? Yeah. While still building in the opportunity to be outside a lot more, still have them be in clubs. What's, what's nice about BABA is they have, um, 
some really groovy like online clubs and they have social clubs and then they have um like regional meetups where they do field trips and stuff yeah so there are other activities which are great but it is going to be difficult to try to manage the academic side of things and also feed their need for socializ- socialization with their peers and with their friends and with sports and all the things and try to, and, and, and in addition to the fact that they're siblings and like who gets mom's attention and when and the fighting and the, all the things. Right. Right. Um, and, but yes, you will likely, so with your job, luckily right now, and we will see no, the real- how your job is going to pan out over the next few months. But as of now with your job is you do have a lot of flexibility in terms of your scheduling appointments um, when you, you need to be available to clients and you need to respond to clients, but you may have more availability on certain days to be able to stack appointments right? so that you don't have to be on calls all the time. Yeah. And once we know, right, what the kid's schedule is, it's kind of just saying, no, this is now a priority. Yeah. Like this is one of those things where it becomes kind of the line in the sand. Yeah. So like whatever, <laughs> but you and I do that, like if we have meetings with each other, like, yes, they can get pushed back or whatever. Yeah. But a lot of times if it's like, we have a nine o'clock Papa John's meeting, it's like, whatever you're doing, whatever I'm doing, stop. Yeah. And no, it has to be treated for me. It's, it's for better or for worse. It's how my brain has to work is yeah. that I can't, time can get stolen so easily. And we all know how it looks is that, you know, very quickly social media and your cell phones can steal that time. And we were talking about it before we started this episode, but it was like this idea where it's just merely like you set your phone to silent. But if you still have the setting that allows it to vibrate while on silent, you're still it's you're still allowing that time to be stolen from you. And so it can be all the way to the most extreme where you're scrolling on Pinterest or Instagram or whatever and totally get lost into a pit and next thing you know you've burned an hour and so um, that's why it has to go on the calendar it has to be treated with respect and it has to be treated for me the way I have to mentally when I know it's either we have a a family stand-up meeting where we're going to be going over something or we know we have for something for a client it has to be it's not just I'm meeting Amy yeah and she's upstairs and she's gonna walk downstairs It has to be, no, this is the equivalent of me sitting on a call with a client, you know what I mean? That I'm selling them something. Like, it has to be treated that way. And it has allowed us to be able to allow that balance. On top of the fact that we talk all goddamn day anyway. We do, but there's things where it's like, man, we need to talk about Papa John. Yeah, this topic. Or we need to talk about this family thing. So as opposed to me just interrupting John, it's like, oh, well, what do you think about this? It's like, no, no, no. It's on the calendar. I get to talk to John about this topic at this time. Because it it needs my brain power. Yes. And I can't. Half-ass it. No. And that's for sure. One one thing that has helped me um, is because everybody was forced to do virtual school for a while. And most kids, the second that hybrid became an option and they could go back, they're like, yes, yes, Jesus, take them. Yeah. And Jack stayed home with me for, you know, three quarters, 80% of the year, right? Um, Last year. So he was home with me. And so I got a lot better at being able to manage the time. Because I remember, like, right when it happened, because the kids were supposed to go back to school, right? And... Like, everybody got let out in 2020, and it was like, oh, we're 
school ends now in March. Like, we'll see you next and we'll see you in August. Everything will be back to normal in August. And then it wasn't really quick. And so when everybody had to virtual school, I remember like a bunch of people, like at work, they're like, hey, can you sub here? Can you do that? I'm like, holy shit. Like, I can't do anything for yeah. a long time. Like, this is overwhelming. Yeah. But I got really good by the end of the year at being able to manage the time. Because it was like, as a mom alone, when they're at school all day, I'm not sitting on my ass. And every mom knows this. The amount of, like, having to be 10 steps ahead of everything. Of, like, what am I cooking tonight? When do I need to have it done? What are they eating for lunch tomorrow? Are their uniforms washed? Where do we need to go as soon as they get home? Yeah. Like, what's our time for homework before we have to go to baseball? Like, all these things are what moms do. Yeah. And I had all that in addition to the fact that I had three of them home. So I learned one thing that was helpful was especially, which I like, the fact that Jack is going to have a couple class connects. You are not a huge fan of it. You would prefer 100% freedom and being able to kind of do school when we want to do school, which yes. is what a lot of the benefits of homeschool are. And I likely will get there. Um, but I like the class connects. First, first of all, to give Jack and Henry both more of that transitory feeling that it's not entirely different than what they've known. Sure. Um, but also one thing I learned last year is because he had meetings with his teachers. It's like during that half hour, 45 minutes that he's in there, it's like, oh, thank God, like I can get dinner started. I can go do the laundry. Do you know why? So everything you just described is still possible with a recorded yeah. And that's why, like, it's, I'm sure they're going to do something super fucking adorable and the kids are going to feel like they're engaging with them in real time and whatever, but you're still on a fucking screen. Yeah. And the fact uh, is, is that we can, you can, it can, so many advancements have been made and there's so many aspects of it that can be better now. But the fact of the matter is, is it's not going to change the fact that video calls are still the worst. Absolutely. They're the worst for so many reasons. And for kids who are so tactile, there's so many aspects where they pick up on body language and facial expressions and how important timing is of when something is said, how it is said, how it is received. These are all the pieces that we know as adults that are totally lost on video calls. And why it's like, oh, you just got to be careful, like making jokes and doing stuff because it just the timing. All you need is someone's Internet to be running just a little bit slow. And your joke that is like, haha, funny can be like, oh, he's an asshole for sure. And so that's why for me, it's like the class connects things. It's whatever. But it always could have been recorded. It would have been better quality anyway. And it's whatever. And, and it and it may be there are there are for sure are those components which we have asked and our friends like if you can't make it like you can watch the recorded thing but a lot of it's for attendance like all these things but the main thing which I like is the fact that um, there will be somewhat of engagement but mostly it's not to allow the class to really like there is no, a I little understand. bit of back and forth with that um, but mostly it's to put have the teacher's eyes on the kid mm -hmm. um, to kind of get a read of who they are and what they are and where they're at because the teacher like once they're done with that because they don't have to sit in the classroom with these bastards for seven more hours and babysit is there are office hours and they are available like 
all day long, theoretically, via email, mm-hmm. where you they are very accessible to help the kid where they are. Totally. As opposed to, which I love, which is, you know, if Jack is still stuck on, like, his times table. So we're going math, right? Where it's like the, the multiplication things. Like, man, he just can't get his eights. And, like, you guys are already moving to the nines and the tens. And, like, he, he just can't get it. Mm-hmm. And for the teacher because she doesn't have to go on the next thing as a class right she is able to hop on a call with jack on a one-on-one or have back and forth with me as the learning coach like a lot that kind of stuff is outstanding and i'm all and i'm all for that and and i'm not anti that at all just for me and again i could I, i may change my tone right jack gets in he does it it may be great again i just like in my own mind, it's like going to be stupid, right? It's, I just know how I would want to do it. Like if I was a teacher, it's I I wouldn't want to be sitting on there with all the kids at the same time trying to navigate that piece. It would just be like, this is how I'm going to introduce this, and for those first few lessons that you're going to do, I want to know what the kids' favorite animals are, what their favorite thing is, and I want a recorded video to come back, and then I can see the kid. I can hear their like I, that allows that connection, but it's whatever it is. And well, and the difference is too. So there's a couple things, and I've discussed this with you before. Is I'm sure parents and me included are a little bit snake bitten on what Zoom calls were going to look like for kids. Yeah, because we all did it for the first couple, and it was like it was so oh, bad. Oh my gosh, this is <laughs> this is literally the worst. Yeah. Because K-12 has done it for so long, they're going to arguably be the best at it just because they have had infinite more time in the saddle to figure out what works sure. and what different. Sure, sure. Poor Waynesboro Public Schools was figuring that crap out in real time. Yeah, and late. And way too late to the game. Yeah. God bless them. Um, there's that. But also the difference is, is that it's opposed to the Zoom call, which for sure Michael and Jack both had, mm. which is there's 25 kids in the Zoom call these classes are not right no Accor- that's true. so according to my friend right which is like there's nine kids right. like there's a lot more opportunity to engage and get to know the kids virtually that way as opposed to 25 yeah. and and you know it like you said you called out a couple of the electives some of the things that sound super awesome is this idea of like they have like the lego builders club or whatever thing but it's going to be virtual, right? It's going to be on a Zoom call live or whatever. So just like you said, it's they they may have infrastructure that makes it more awesome, makes it more engaging, makes yeah. it more something. As and I'm, as can, right? and, and and hey, it'll be cool. It'll be cool just to see. And I'm and that's the, one of the things where I think you've done very well, especially post COVID. Thank you. I don't even know what you're about to say. You're welcome. Um, has been your ability to be a lot more open with experimentation. Okay. So that it's just as it's your, because you're type a historically, it's just been like, it needs to be a, like, it needs to be a sure thing. Yeah. Like I need to have this, like, what do you mean? Like, what's this exactly? And there's, but was so much where it just was, we don't know what this is going to look like. We're unsure of what this is going to feel and flow as, et cetera. And you kind of just were more, okay, then we're just going to go with the flow. Like we'll figure it out. And that is not necessarily something that has been your strong suit forever. But I think this allows these types of moves because at the end of the day, we're all in on this. You don't know what it's going to be like. Yeah, it may be horrible. 
You know what I mean? It may not work. You don't have any of these pieces. You don't know anything. Mm-hmm. You luckily had a friend who really gave you really solid uh, testimonials and videos and just did as much as she could of oh, laying kind of everything. It was she awesome. Would, yes. She went way above and beyond. It's where it's almost like she's going to get commissioned. But she did so good, right, of explaining everything and kind of helping put your mind at ease a little bit there. But at the end of the day, when we sit back here, and this is kind of where I was hesitant to do this episode with you, of like, it's the ultimate, like, what if, of like, well, like, what if we get in? Okay, well, all right, we, we're in. Well, then what is our schedule going to look like? It's like, who the fuck knows oh, what it's going to yeah, look like? John, like it just the is, what if game for my husband, for those of you is he, I think he'd rather have like bamboo shoots shove up his fingernails than play the what if game. No, I hate it. You Because you, because for you, it doesn't matter. Because there's for, so much that's in the now. Like right now, we have things that we either we can work on or be worried about. Yes. But, for, is, oh. but for people that are like me that need, it's we've already been from A to Z. And we have to have safety nets, like, for each one of those things. Is I have to play it out. I have to talk it out. Mm-hmm. There And there's a lot of... It can't be... I understand not dwelling in the worry. Yeah. Which is like, well, I don't know. Like, what is it going to be? And I just don't know. And it, it you can't dwell in the, the what if. Mm-hmm. The worrying about the things. But for my brain, it's I need to go through every scenario that comes through my head especially worst case scenario and have a safety net pre-built in before I'm willing to. But there's so much of unknown. Yeah. There's so many unknowns. And really once you have, um, once you have secured the largest blocks, which at this point is kind of what we've done. Like mentally we've been like, all right, we know that these are the big chunks. These are the things that we're working on. If you get too much in the minutia, of like, well, what if these very specific scenarios on these not big block items, that's where it's like, dude, we are wasting fucking time. Yeah. Now we just feel good because we're making lists. Right. And, and we I feel think, good because we're But I think COVID taught everybody that. Because it's like the 10-year the plans and the 5-year plans, which we have argued. It's like, oh, well, that's stupid. It's yeah. like, it is and it isn't. Like, you need to have a, a, a momentum going forward. You need to have a vision. But... The specifics of that because of unforeseen circumstances, which not a freaking person was able to know what COVID was going to be, look like, and how drastically it has affected our society. Well, let's speak on that, though. That's good, though. The idea of – because for sure we have very publicly on the podcast before just shit all over the idea of, like, 10-year plans. And they are. They're still fucking dumb. And the reason why they're fucking dumb is because – not that you shouldn't do it. And this is maybe the caveat or the nuance that, that is deserved to be explained. They're dumb if you spend any more than one 30-minute period one time a year working on them. And what I mean by that is once you establish what your 10-year plan is as of this year, you have to then move to then great What's then the plan, you know, for the five year or three year or this year? And then what's the plan for us this year then that keeps us on track for our 10 year plan? Because then you need to continue to get more granular to 
quarterly and monthly and weekly and daily. And those are the things that you are actively working all the time. But if you're spending too much time with your head up in the goddamn clouds of what could be. You're without any tangible you've got then dude you have to do the crunch you have to do the hard work you have to put the work in and um and so that's that is always what i think for me that's always what i've meant where it's the 10-year plan is fucking dumb and it's dumb because it's gonna waste so much of your time of being like oh one day like i'll write a book Mm -hmm. and i'll have a tv show on food network and it's like what the fuck are you talking about like, that sounds great. Then what are you doing today, tomorrow? What are you doing that's going to help you do that thing? It's like, I got to do laundry. It's like, that's not a fucking thing, man. I don't know what to tell you. And so that's where for this piece, it started with me sitting down. We sat down at the beginning of this year and it was, this is what we're doing. We have felt that this is a problem for Jack. We think at this point that by the end of this year, we're going to finally be at our wits end and we're going to pull them. We hadn't even hit the apex at that point of where Jack finally kind of sat us down and was like talking about like essentially like schizophrenic, like, I don't know who I am. And I'm this person and this person. Then we're like, well, fuck like, this is a for sure thing then. And at that point we hadn't even gotten to the point where it's like the kids missed um, like a week and a half of school no. because there's no damn snow plow drivers for the city. Like it was because just so we're many- so reliant. Yeah. Anyway, and so, but, but because we had started doing the work, because we did put a year plan together and then we started saying, okay, well then our goal for this quarter is to kind of start to get a feel so that when you and I looked at each other, once we had that conversation with Jack and he really did voice what was concerning for us, it was like, then we have to take action. Yeah. And we had already done some of that legwork to where it wasn't like, well, where do we even start? Yeah. And so we had already started kind of that effort. So it's, but because the, they're called the black swan events, right. Are going to happen. Mm -hmm. You're going to have, it's like, you're going to have COVID. So whatever your 10 year plan was, once you have a big bomb that gets dropped, Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, just kidding. And the world cannot unravel because it doesn't align specifically with what you had in mind for your 10 year month. Like you have to be able to take detours off the road. It's almost like you have to have them planned for. That's why for yeah. me, it's like you only plan for the 80%. Yeah. Only plan 80% because the other 20%, you don't know yeah. what that's going to be. And I and I do struggle with that part because, again, yeah. it's I like to have safety nets for every scenario I've played out in my brain. Right. But the problem is, is that's impossible to do because there will be scenarios that I haven't even thought of yet. Nope. They're not even here. And And that's what's so exciting. It's terrifying. Like, it's what I love. Yeah, it's what you love. Mm-hmm. I have a different adjective for it. <laughs> but it is. Well, it's because you're ready, man. It's like you just got to be ready for it. You don't know what's it's what it's going to be. Yeah. And part of the fun for me is starting to be like, is this one? Is it coming? Is this a thing? Yeah. Like there, you, you start to see because there's little pieces. And the way you play that game well and accurately is that you have to make sure that you are dabbling, you're kind of throwing, throwing lines out there, throwing feelers out there of like, what could be that other 20%? What could be something that's going to come out of nothing? It's going to be, we attended the before, again, before anything was solid or whatever, 
what we knew we were going to do when it came to homeschooling or Bama or anything. It was there was a homeschooling group that was getting together to see did they want to do a co-op? Was it going to be a new school? They were trying to figure something out. So we I went to the goddamn board meeting and sat on the board meeting for a couple of hours and was like, why? I'm not going to join that board. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't know. Yeah. So you just do a couple of those random things that are in the ballpark of those interests that you have because you just never know. Well, it's putting out feelers grow. and it's just it's information gathering. That's, it. that's all it is. And, but in staying it for, for us, it was the homeschooling topic or if it's the gardening topic. Again, it's like we should go to the farm. We should go to Polyface and we should like talk to them like we have any idea what the fuck we're talking about. And it's well, like, why? Because it's like, it. Because we want to grow tomatoes. It's like, what? No, but it's, 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 you don't, the conversations that you have and the light bulbs that go off or the connections that can make allow you to go down the next rabbit hole. Exactly. Which leads to X, Y, and Z. So you don't, so you can't plan. There's no no way. (laughs) There's just no way. Like a couple of years ago, if I had said, Amy, what I want to do. Like I've always teased you about like, you know, this grass that we have is pretty fucking stupid all over our house. Like we got grass everywhere. It's the dumbest thing ever. I hate it. I hate grass. If I haven't, if I haven't made that abundantly clear with everybody, it's It's so dumb. And we're not talking about like the fun grass, like that you smoke. We're talking about grass, green, stupid grass that just is outside. Not even grass. It's like, it's so dumb. It's just a desert is what it is. Anyway. So I've always teased about the idea of like, we could just turn it all into like, you know, something useful like food. And then we could have, and this was before, like, I, we used to tease this out before we even talked about, like, farming or anything. And if, if I had said, like, no, 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 like, this whole section over here, Ames, what we're going to do is we're going to take our little garden and I'm going to turn it into, like, 250 square yards of garden. And then we're also going to put a bunch of chickens and shit back there. Like, a lot of them. They're going to cause you anxiety. Like, an anxiety amount of chickens. And we'd be like, No. Like, why? That's not the plan. We're not. That's not. That can't be. No, I refuse to allow that to be part of our three year plan. And then COVID happens. And then it's like, oh, no. Like, what if the world is ending and we have to grow our own shit? And it's like, OK, now we need. To now I'm in. And it's yeah. like and it's like. But if I had proposed that, not a goddamn, not a chance in the world would you been down? No, it just it. You don't know what's going to push that thing and then allows you. But again, it. With the way you and I have always continued to manage things and the way we have to continue to manage everything else as it comes is going to be just we're constantly talking about. Yes. It's just constantly communicating these these topics. And so it's, again, to wrap up because this needs to be a short one, but it's, um, we I, I'm not advocating for anybody else to homeschool because it's what we're doing. Hmm. Um, for sure, there are drastic changes that are occurring right now in education. And it, it, talk about like a black swan event mm-hmm. is I think everyone feels like, the, ooh, what's going to happen? Like our public school is going to cease to exist because we don't have enough teachers. Or, are all the teachers going to leave yeah. after this year? Or it's like, well, what is this homeschool thing? Uh-huh. Or what is this private school thing? What is school choice? What is like it's <clears throat> there's. A lot more options. Eyes are being definitely open to the possibility of of some sort of change. Um, for us, again, Jack is the one that perpetuated us down that track because of his own needs. Mm-hmm. He, Our plan right now, right, talking about plans, is 
we're planning to keep Michael in public, um, as we discussed, is that he seems to do well in it. He seems to thrive, and he's at the age where, like, that the collaboration and the peer interaction. And the electives. And, and the electives that he gets are outstanding. Sadly, the main reason is because in the state of Virginia, the Tebow law did not pass. So homeschool kids are not allowed to participate in athletics, in athletics mm-hmm. which they are in most other states in the union. So sure. it's stupid. But he is a year away at this point from being able to play JV baseball. Right. Um, for sure, we've had struggles this season with baseball and Things are being somewhat reevaluated, um, so we'll see. We really, 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 really. As really, long as really, athletics really... stay an important part of his life, he has to stay in public. Yes, unfortunately. Yep. Again, luckily, the assistant superintendent of Greensboro Public Schools is outstandingly helpful, knowledgeable, yep. all the things on like being able to work with families. Yeah, on he's what... a strong advocate for alternative forms of education. Yes. Um. But he's staying in. Um, Jack and Henry, like I said, will be pulled out. And our plan right now is that once they get to about middle school, is that if Jack is ready, that we will allow him to go back to middle. Right. Again, it's like the Harry Potter thing, which is like that you you do come of age where it's like you know how to do the basics, right? Mm-hmm keep the kids home while they're little and that's why we're pulling Henry too because if you ask his teacher it's like well no like he is wicked smart with math like way ahead of schedule he sounds familiar is yeah is above average for reading Mm -hmm. like behaviorally he's fine like there's no problems at all so for a parent it's like well great I have a super smart kid that's just rocking and it's like no, we, that's what was said about Jack. We've seen what's happened to Jack. We don't want it to happen to Henry. Mm-hmm. And it is that we are going to keep him home and make sure that he has a solid foundation of things more exactly. than just checking a box. Mm-hmm. So that later, if they do decide that they want to go back to public school, again, for, for the athletics, for the electives, for all the things, and they are ready academically, behaviorally socially all the things to be able to handle what that means then we'll let them but i have a feeling like that's the plan is that we'd homeschool for fourth and fifth grade for jack put him back in at six i have a feeling though that he may need an alternative form of education until he graduates henry henry like will could be a different story we'll see but it's again it's hard to plan because it's like this is the plan now Mm -hmm. if schools are no longer a thing come august <laughs> then we'll Un- unlikely they won't be a thing but definitely you know what i'm it's, saying but yeah. it's like when if there are serious problems like we have no problem pulling michael and having the discussion oh for sure uh, with the assistant superintendent on like what can be done yeah we may go way down the road because like for sure like that's plan a right so plan b is that we are enrolled in a program that our friends from South Dakota had their son in that they they were very pleased with. Yeah. That um doesn't have any live classes. It's it's very. I would say just because you want to keep it short, I think that's a that's a cool one that we can talk about Plan B I'm if you ever want to. I'm not going to go into it. Oh, I'm okay. just going to say specifically that it's it's very um self led. Yeah. And that would be our next choice for the boys. But Definitely. what's cool about that is there's the. Living Earth School, which is around here, which is essentially like four school that Jack right. would get to go to one day a week. So there's more opportunities that could be opened, and we may go full hippie in the next couple of years, where 
our kids are literally just doing school in the woods with like hammers and axes that they whittled themselves out of tree trunks. But yeah, I still like the idea as of now, I still like the idea of there being, there is an instructor that's been involved, Mm -hmm. right? There is some, there's another instructor. There's somebody that helps. There's somebody that has facilitated the curriculum because for me, truth, truly any curriculum, it doesn't matter. All the curriculum does for me is give me a direction, just general guidance of like, oh, this is the next topic area. Okay, well, we'll hit some of these points that may, oh, maybe they gave us some spreadsheets or spreadsheets, uh, worksheets or whatever we work off of. That's great. But there's so much more that I'll always want to add to the curriculum to make it come alive or make it be more interesting. Well, and that is and a form of home uh, of, of homeschooling as well, which a lot yeah. of them go into, which uh, you would love. My type A personality, I can't handle. And for me, which is it just, is... Yeah, they're, like they're waking up and... Well, it's what we did this past week when Jack was home is he had to read a book mm-hmm. from Epic. So he picked a book on King Cobras. Okay. So we're reading about King Cobras. And then that gets us into the conversation. Of course, it's like checking the biology box. Yeah. But then it's like we can go into the social studies and like I'm gonna say it's not anthropology. Is it anthropology? Uh, like the social studies side of like who like what careers do people have that deal with king cobras and like where geography like where are they located with the social studies aspect right. and then with literature and english like i'm like have you ever read about ricky ticky tabby right because he told me about like mom mongooses like they're immune yeah and i'm like ricky ticky tabby like that's a whole short story series that we can do and then we can for math like you can determine like how many milliliters of antivenom are needed for the vial of like the, like you You're like getting you, it no that's i understand it. like in in there because that's what his interest is like you can do you can check all the boxes of all the things right and that's what you would love to do it's what it fully yeah, where absolutely. It's just, you wake up every day and there is no plan you mm-hmm. roll with it no i don't mind having a plan right? right i don't mind having a general direction of what we want to be working towards yeah. right we want to work towards um the ocean yeah you know, if that's our topic area is generally in the ocean, that's sweet. Like it's, we're going to the aquarium this week, guys. Like that's where we're going to go and then find something that lights them up while we're there. Right. Whatever the topic is, Mike, it's killer whales, right? Mike loves killer whales. So if killer whales is his jam, then it's like, awesome. We're going to watch free Willy. And then we're going to watch, uh, well, blackfish. Oh God. And then we're, <laughs> like we're going to do all these yeah. things, but allow us to then start to be introduced to this whole world and then learn about all the native peoples where like, it's like, there's so many. And that's where, again, I'm such a, this is where I love it. I love this piece. Cause it's actually educating. But see, right. that's, I was talking to mom briefly. This is it. I promise. Um, when I was talking to my mom about, you know, these different ideas, I'm like, the reason it's not that kids are like so disrespectful these days and all this. I'm like, they're just calling bullshit on the system Mm -hmm. because it's like parents are starting to get there, but it's like the kids are making the decision for us. A they're tapping out because it's like, this is a shit show and mental health is such a problem that like, this is no longer safe or healthy for me to be in this environment. But in addition is they're calling bullshit because it's like, why? Why are we here? Because my parents are like, well, you know, back in our days, you know, teachers hit your hand with the ruler and spank you if you got online. You know, that's what kids need. And it's like, 
but do they like did that that's just negative reinforcement that didn't actually do anything Mm -hmm. that just scared them and the reality is is yeah there's a lot of little shits these days but they're calling bullshit because it's like I don't know why I have to be here. There's nothing that you can technically do to me to force me to be here anymore. The shit that you're learning, I can be home and learn on Google and delve into this topic area infinitely more and get the whole picture without your bias included on whatever you're discussing. And it's like, let me go and do what I want to do. Because that's because, like you said, it's like you no longer need a college degree to work at Google, mm-hmm. right? Right. Is, and, and the idea for older generations when a kid's like oh i want to be a youtuber they roll their eyes like oh like that's such a shitty aspiration and that's why i was explaining to my mom i'm like no for them that's a legit career path Mm -hmm. because what they have seen is that people they think that oh well that doesn't require talent it's like no actually it requires a lot yeah anybody that's in the virtual world knows how important marketing is branding is being able to niche down be able to speak to a very specific demographic and audience like these are skills Mm -hmm. and for the kids that want to do these things they're like me being in this classroom does absolutely nothing for me at all just let me be home and i will learn more and be able to go down a career path that i'm interested in a hell of a lot easier at home on my computer without you here and so it's it's kids are calling bullshit too on the whole idea of what education has been and you're starting to see kids being like I'm interested in this, so I am going to go down rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. And how can you help them? And that's the history. That history, for me, that's going to be what the future of education looks like. Yeah. The future of education looks like is if you can Google it, right? Then we're wasting our time. Mm-hmm. So then, all the time then is going to need to be dedicated by folks that are educators or are going to support the youth of. What are the intent, just like you said, right? When our conversations with teachers, which which nine times out of 10 is met with confusion, mm-hmm. which is what, tell me about the intangibles. Mm-hmm. Tell me about these pieces that cannot be quantified on your grades, yeah. your grade sheet. And it is, that's the piece where it's, what's the network you're providing to the student mm-hmm. to where they can then grow that knowledge themselves and be able to follow that interest, right? What are those hands-on opportunities that they can't Google, that they can't feel and touch and experience? And that's where the younger generations are telling us what we, we're telling everyone what we want. Mm -hmm. I don't want toys. I want experiences. It's like, guess what? That's what they fucking want. They want, and that's not our, our mistake as parents and as people that are community leaders that keep making is that we keep thinking. That when the youth are telling us and when people are willing to be honest and just be upfront with what they want or what they uh, are thinking or what they want to achieve, we make the mistake that think that those questions stay isolated in a bubble. Like it's only in its own category. So when it's like, what do you want for your birthday? I really don't want toys. Like I kind of would, it would be fun to like go on a trip that we could like as a family and we could like be together and we could do this or whatever. So that's where a lot of us, you know, millennials that are now parents are like, well, then we're not going to give our kids gifts, right? We're going to give them experiences because that's what they're telling us that they kind of want. And it's that feeling is not just about birthday presents. It applies to all topics. And if we just stop for a second, that's where you start to realize. Here's an example. Because Jack was home this week, 
one of his worksheets for science was about the types of soil and the layers of soil. And he had to read about the layers of soil. He felt like shit, so I didn't drag him outside. But it's like, are we fucking serious? There is dirt in the backyard. Do we want to learn about what's in the soil? Let's go put our goddamn hands in the soil. Mm -hmm. And I know that that seems like such a hippie approach, but it's like, in what universe do we still think that reading about a subject area and then answering a few multiple choice questions gives a child, a person, any idea of what's happening? If I read about what I needed to do as a dental hygienist and I never put my hands in a patient's mouth, it would never work. It would never work. But for some reason, we do that all the way through college. You get a psychology degree. You get a history degree. You get a whatever degree, unless it's an applied thing, right? So for dental hygiene, it's an associate's of applied science, an AAS, sure, sure. or a bachelor's of applied science. Yeah. Because I had to physically do something. But that's what's crazy, is there's no... We just think, okay, all that we need to do is even all the way up through college, right? Which is just, we need to have a lecture with a PowerPoint and you need to read these texts and then we're going to get tested on it. And then we'll give you a piece of paper at the end that says that you know how to do the things. But you know how to do nothing. And that's what the youth is begging for is just please. Something real. Something real. We're so sick of this fake bullshit. Mm -hmm. Do you know how interested Jack was in reading about the layers of soil? The humus and the topsoil than the bedrock like it yeah probably uh i could have been having him read out of the bible like that's the equivalent yeah. and it's just because that's not real there's nothing tangible for that poor child and he's not unique no. it's all kids it's people it's humans it's how we learn but what's so interesting is that that's not how we teach little kids if you want to teach little kids about stuff what do you do you go and get the teachers do a great job the preschool teachers kick a whole bunch of ass because what they do is that they they get the see-through cups and the see-through cups are full of soil and so the kids can see the earthworms and they can see the soil and they can see the stuff and, that's, and the but, reason the preschool teachers are awesome too which is something that like can once k through 12 hits like there is a hard stop. school's only allowed to be boring yes i know where it's just like a preschool teacher's like, again, I still struggle with how predominantly woman it is with mm -hmm. having sons, all the things I had mentioned before. However, it's what they do a really good job of is understanding that everything is play-based. Bingo. Everything is tactile. They need room to move and touch and feel and experience and be and use all of their senses to yep. understand and learn things. Because that's, that's what we do with babies. Because uh -huh. when a baby starts crawling and it sees something, look at a damn, our kitten does the same thing. All creatures do it. When they see something, it's like, what is that? So they poke it and then they put it in their mouth and then they lick it and then they touch it and then they roll on it. Like it's, it's, and we think it's always oh, it precious and cute, but it's like, you understand that they are learning. That is information gathering. Mm -hmm. That is science, what they're doing. And that's what's so silly is then by the time we get to kindergarten, it's no, no more of that. You get 30 minutes of recess, but only if you're good. And we're going to take it away if it's a punishment. And the rest of the time we're going to sit and you're going to do worksheets about the soil. That's it. And that's where we've made the mistake where we've removed the play. Mm -hmm. We've removed. And play and mark and like don't misunderstand that play 
occurs forever. Forever. We take it away and then all of a sudden in college, it's like now we get cadavers and now we get these things where we actually get to put our hands and stuff again. Mm -hmm. And we call it something different. But from K through 12, we take it away. And it's no, play is forever because we are humans forever. Now, every once in a while we get to play in high school, middle school, and elementary school. They're called field trips. Yeah. And man, field trips are the tits. And the reason that everybody loves them is because you get to experience. It's, oh, holy crap. I am Virginia Studies. I learned about why you're wearing a red coat and this person's wearing a blue coat right. and what you're doing here and what Jamestown is and you guys grew this. And here's the three sisters. And wow, I read about that. Like it's it's because dots are connected and they're seeing, they're smelling, they're tasting, they're feeling, they're hearing everything that they read about in that stupid textbook. But the reason that it sticks is because of the experience that they had with it, right. not because they read it in the textbook. So that's the, that is the pieces that I am, I am the most excited about is being able to tie those experiences to our kids' education. And, and, and having, and having that freedom Absolutely. to do it individualized. So whatever Jack, or whatever Henry's learning, if they're not getting, and side note, is what's great about Baba too is they send you a bunch of materials and yeah. a bunch of manipulatives and hands-on stuff for free. But it's whatever they're learning, if they don't get it or they're bored out of their mind, we have the opportunity to take that concept and say, okay, and we can make it an experience for them, whatever it looks like. Because we're empowered. We're empowered to do it. We're empowered with the knowledge of what they're learning. Yeah. So we know what they're learning. We know how to be able to support them. And we see their struggles and we see their strengths and we are able to, to help build them up. Yeah. And the, and the fact is, is because we're willing to make this next choice to make the move, it forces you to be more engaged with your student. It forces you to be more accountable and more engaged with what they're learning. It's called parenting. But it has, you have to be a parent, but it's forced it. It's forced it to do more. Like it's, I have to be more accountable. It's, it's the, the only example I have on the tip of my tongue is it's, it's the equivalent of when you choose to leave the religion of your parents. Yeah. And it's because it's, that means you stopped, you looked, you listened, you saw, and you said, no, I'm I'm taking something. I'm taking accountability for my actions and I choose to do something that's different. And not just going with the flow. And that's where so many parents are going to be able to check the box of just like, it's just going with the flow. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. It's not no, a problem. but for me, it always comes down to the fact that if I, I can screw up on every, anything with my job, with my life, whatever, but I get one freaking shot yeah, with these to ones. not screw them up. And it is. And everyone has, and this is another phrase that's very popular within religion. Um, Folks, as, as you're looking at lots of different religions, everyone has a shelf, right? And a shelf where things that bother you throughout through your life on any particular topic, you take those items like they're a book and you put them up on the shelf. And it's like, ah, this really bothers me, but and I'm going to put it on a shelf and I'll just worry about that later, another time. And sometimes topics are bigger. So that book that goes on that shelf is heavier. At some point, though, you max out your shelf and it's called your shelf breaks and when that shelf breaks it can be terrifying it can be um invigorating it can be all the things and that's where for jack it was our shelf for jack broke and that's what made us make a decision everyone's got a shelf 
everyone's got a shelf for each one of their individual kids for you personally. And when it comes to education, you're putting things on a shelf right now. And it's okay if your shelf doesn't break. If your shelf is strong, your kid's shelf is strong, and it continues to work for them, and they continue to kick ass, then that's awesome. But it's for us, it's that it's Jack's shelf broke. And that's why we are making the decision for us individually and being able to, to share. Yeah, and share the journey as we're doing it and trying to figure it out in real time. Stay tuned. Installment number four. Lastly, wherever you listen to our podcast episodes, we ask you to subscribe and leave us a review. This helps you get alerts when we drop a new episode. It also helps others find the podcast when they search for us. It'll only take you a minute or two, and we sure get excited when we see some love that comes our way. We appreciate your time, and we appreciate you joining us for today's episode. Till next time.